Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The season finale of True Detective Night Country is over, but here on Post Show Recap, we are just getting started with our deep dive of the episode. My name is Grace, but of course I'm not alone. I'm here with Jess Sterling. Jess, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about this finale. Uh, I think that uh, I really enjoyed your and Amanda's conversation about all of it right after the episode aired, and I'm excited to dive deeper into some of these uh, leftover questions we may have on this finale. I felt pretty bad that it, because it was pretty late as we did the episode right after the episode aired. I could have talked with Amanda for that, uh, you know, for hours and hours. Other than that, it was the night and I, you know, not that mm-hmm. it was, I had worked the next day. It was fortunately a holiday here in Canada as well as I think in the United States. Ours is family day. You have President's Day. Is that right? Yeah. President's Day is yesterday. Yeah. Well, I consider all of the U.S. presidents to be my family, so I get to celebrate both <laughs> of those things. Um, but I didn't want to keep everyone up too late, but also I felt that, you know, it was like, but I know I guess get to talk about this more with you, Jess. So I'm excited to chat about it. Um, there'll also be a versus pod with Mike Bloom and Latonya Starks. And I sort of tease this at the end with Amanda. If, if people want more, if we want to talk about more about this show, certainly uh, I'd be open to another uh, podcast with maybe some combination of all the people who covered it and maybe people who didn't hear from along the way. So um, we we shall see. If you want that, make your voice heard. Uh, scream like a ghost into the void and pop our eardrums. Uh, make oh, it be so don't. loud that our eardrums <laughs> burst and bleed. Um, 
I think Dr. Amanda and I gave, you know, we were like, I mostly really liked it. And then here's a couple of things I didn't really like. Here's one thing I really didn't like. Um, sounds like maybe you're on the same wavelength as us, Jess, but what'd you make of the finale of True Detective Back Country? Yeah, I would say overall, I found the wrap ups of the mysteries pretty satisfying. I felt like a lot of them made sense. And I think that having the group of indigenous women kind of uh, seek revenge on the Salal men. I really liked that aspect. It is their story after all. You know, we've been talking about this for six episodes now. It is the story of murdered and missing indigenous women. And to yeah. have the, the kind of comeuppance, I really enjoyed, especially uh, phrased in the like, this is one story um, that yeah. could have happened. Yeah. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I thought that um, I really loved Navarro and Danvers, like their moments together, specifically yeah. when Navarro pulls Danvers out of the ice and kind of is like, stay awake, Liz, stay awake. Like, look at me, breathe in, out, in, out. Um, and kind of, and, and finally Liz understanding Evangeline's kind of communication with spirits or, you know, um, along with Rose communicating with spirits. I thought all, all of that worked very well for me. I think the thing I, the small pieces that I have problems with are more of the like the stuff that gets kind of sidelined like I feel like with more yeah. than six episodes we really can expand on Pete and Kayla's relationship we can give Leah a bit more to do Rose who like people were like why is she here must be evil no turns out she's not um she's just there to occasionally spout words of wisdom um but I wish there was a little bit more for her character throughout the six episodes so I think it fell a little short for me there. And then similarly to, to you and Amanda, I um I thought a lot about the ending for Navarro since I've watched the finale. I've read some articles about it. I read the interview that um that Issa Lopez gave on Variety uh, with Kate Arthur. And uh overall, I have to say I'm not very pleased with it. And it's, you know, it's an ambiguous ending, which I do tend to like in finales. You know, I'm a big fan of shows like The Leftovers. I really love The Sopranos finale. I think there is something to be gained by having an ambiguous ending where viewers are allowed to formulate their own opinions on what happened to specific characters. However, when it comes to Navarro and her walking out across the ice and, you know, is she alive? Is she dead? It really felt like uh irresponsible in a way an irresponsible way to portray mental health problems that have we've talked about throughout these six episodes especially on top of the julia situation i really really didn't like that it's like portrayed as well maybe she is dead and if she is she's at peace with it she decided to make this decision it's like that is a really romanticized view of suicide that i really can't co-sign and feels dangerous to play with in this day and age in my opinion as someone who like struggles with their own mental health and like takes this very seriously i think it's really irresponsible in a show as dark as true detective season four is like literally and figuratively it is so dark winter is a very tough time for a lot of people and i don't really like the oh but it was her choice and she's at peace with it it did not sit well with me 
Yeah, I mean, uh, big, uh, big agreement. I think Dr. Amanda and I talked through it. The romanticizing of death by suicide, I think, is something that, for me, yeah, sticks out as, like, a big sore thumb. It's too bad it's, like, the last image of, of the show because... In an also, like beautiful scene, right? Like, that scene is yeah. so beautiful, but it's so undercut by the fact that you're like, but did she just, like, did she just walk out onto the ice and that's it? Like, because that sucks. Yeah, and the moment too, like I love the line of like, you know, this is Ennis, people never leave. But it's like that's all wrapped up in the idea that like she, you know, has a death by suicide, which I, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I would agree. I think you said irresponsible in there in terms of just the way it's uh, it's all portrayed. Because I was talking about another show that I won't spoil, but does have a uh a, a death uh a, a, there's an allusion to us to a death by suicide that i actually think should be more definitive in the vein of and if you they're talking about it, it's from a show from this past year that ended a prestige tv show um i'll leave it at that um and i i wish it was more definitive i know people really like the ambigu- ambiguity there i wish it was more definitive in the sense that that is that was the death of a character and for me the reason is because like yeah we've known this character and it feels like the yeah the, the thing that would happen to him this 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 person the situation in this situation it feels the opposite it feels like we've had so much growth um not that you can't have growth and still have these thoughts that that happens to people as well it's not like one day suddenly all of your mental health concerns go away you can you know i've had that i've i've had where i'm i'm you know in a headspace where i'm not you know having thoughts like that for years and then you know, it, you know, something happens. So it's mm-hmm. not like those can't be, those ideas can't be part of you. And I, you know, to me, it's unfortunate because it, it, it is paralleled with what I think is like an amazing ending of a story in which Danvers is struggling. Like really the two of them are struggling with the same thing. And I said this, that I didn't think that the piece that Rose said about mental health, the way I started to interpret that was the way in which seeing a ghost, seeing a spirit, the way that your mental health would reflect how you view those interactions, right? Where Julia is somebody who's really struggling. And so when she sees the ghost of her mother, it does not, it's, this is not a good situation for Julia, as opposed to Rose, who sees Travis, who has had closure. Like this is a decision that Travis made because he was dying. And then in that the way Mm -hmm. he's coming back, Rose has this like sentimental view of, of this. And so those were contrasted to me in terms of their mental health are in such different places that they can have different, um, in, you know, interactions with, with the spirituality, with the, the spiritual world, death, ghosts, etc. And so you have Navarro and Danvers both trying to figure out what their experiences, um, you know, post grief look like. And they're both having visions or flashes of people who are gone. They are dealing with it very differently. Danvers is trying to put it, literally put a, a the polar bear in the box and put it away and never think about it. And Navarro is more keen to explore it because maybe there's answers there. And then we get to a place where I think they're both, it's such a, I think a very like nice message of like managing grief and, and yeah. trauma. And then it's like, Oh, but then she's okay and she goes out and she dies. And it's like, oh man, like I don't know, because I think the yeah. damage stuff is so good. I think it's so strong. Uh her like finality, not finality, but like her growth in terms of the death of Holden, you know? So Yeah, really I tough. totally agree, especially, especially when we add in the the moment where Navarro gets her name. Um yeah. 
That yeah. was so, yeah, I, it was good. so powerful. And I thought it would work so well considering the themes we've talked about this season. I thought it was just such a beautiful moment. The hands touching with the tattoos, like every, I thought that was such a special moment. And to me, that felt like Navarro was healing in a way. Like that was a healing moment for her, especially when it is that name that allows her to get access to the other indigenous women and hear their story of what actually happened at the Salal station, right? All of those things were so important and signified such growth for me. And again, to your point, that does not mean that you can't have setbacks, right? Like mental health is always going to be an up and down journey and some days are going to be better than others, right? You can, it, it, one little thing could send you on a tailspin. However, it felt like we had such a lovely conclusion to the Navarro story of, you know, yes, she's lost her sister, but she now, her eyes are open. She is awake, right? She has a name and she's connecting with these spirits in a way that I think she was very resistant to before. and. I felt like it would have been so beautiful to let it be at that. Let it be that, yes, she has the connection with the spirits. And, and th- I mean, obviously, this is a very, like, spiritual, supernatural sort of show, right? There's a lot of those aspects in it. And I thought that would have been a really beautiful way to leave the character rather than or, – or a more definitive, she just left. She left town and she's on her own journey without it having to be the question of, did she take her own life? Because I felt like – there's a very big difference between like being at peace and doing that. You know what I mean? I, I not that again with the Travis story, I think it's a very different story um, yeah. where he is actively dying. Um, that is like uh, assisted dying. You know? Exactly. That's like more in that realm than, um, than anything else. So no, exactly. And so I just, I just wish that they hadn't, hadn't left the Navarro stuff on that note because to your point, the Danver stuff was so incredible. I felt like they, they really put a button on her story in such a successful way, especially, I mean, I, I could talk about that Danvers and Navarro scene all day long where they are like sitting by the fire after Navarro has rescued Danvers and she's telling her to breathe, inhale, exhale. And she's asking, what did Holden say to you? Like now she gets it. Now she saw Holden in the ice and there's so, there's so much like rescuing people from under the ice and killing people using the ice and right. But the, the moment when Navarro puts her hand over one of of Liz's eyes. It's like I see you, yeah. right? And the polar yeah. bear. I just felt like it was yeah. so strong and it really did kind of put a button on a lot of these what does the polar bear mean? What is why does it only have one eye? Like I feel like it really wrapped those storylines up so nicely. Um that then when the Navarro thing happened, which as you said is like the very last thing we see, it really put a sour taste in my mouth. And I, it was unfortunate because I thought it was a very strong finale otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I uh, I, I, do, I was about to say I hate doing this, but I do love doing this. So apologies if it's like a thing that you get annoyed <laughs> by from podcasters who do it. But like for me, I, I do I do like to play into like, okay, how would I tweak it? And I know I'm not a filmmaker, but you you could have had Julia be the thing at the end of like they it's Ennis people never leave and like Navarro and Julia having a moment um maybe Dan versus there maybe not but like Navarro being in this cabin that looks over the water and there's like Julia out there right like there can mm. because like this is what Navarro has learned of like it can be a comfort you know and I don't think we need it to go to the level of like and and it's mostly just because it's not just because I think it's like 
it's not that it doesn't make sense, although I do think it kind of like doesn't make sense. Um, and that's coming from like my own experience with mental health and all this and stuff. Like, yes, like obviously like Navarro would be someone who's grieving, but like just in the tonality and like the, you know, to leave Eddie, you know, the toothbrush, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I, I was so devastated by that. Yeah. Poor yeah. Kovic. Like he didn't deserve yeah. that. Right. Like he didn't deserve yeah. to be left. And that, that really stunk as well. Like, and I, I mean, now looking back at the scene where she leaves his apartment, right? And they like kiss. Gosh, that makes me revisit that scene totally, completely differently than I did originally. Um, But yeah, it is, it is really heartbreaking. And I think that like when we get these, because as you said, you and Amanda, when you you podcasted like directly after the episode, so none of these articles had come out yet, right? And we got this variety article with Isa Lopez and I just... I just have a little bit of a problem with like the way, I don't know, a lot of it is I love an ambiguous ending and like allowing viewers to figure things out for themselves. But then I think sometimes they go a little too far. It's like, well, it is your job though, to kind of tell us a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of your job as the creator and writer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah I just um, don't want anybody to watch us and think like, oh, that's an option for me because it's not. If you need help, uh, there are call lines to talk to. Uh, please yeah. reach out to somebody. Um, it is it is normal to to have uh, those uh, to 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 feel like you're in a place where that's the only thing it, it is it is not the the solution or the or the answer mm-hmm. um, and you're not alone you, and I you're think not that alone. is like number yeah. one you are not alone yeah. so like so, if you are feeling that way please please talk to a doctor a friend a hotline like Grace was saying like you're we'll, not we'll alone put them in the sh- we'll put them in the show notes too yes. um, we'll make sure that they're they're listed there yeah you're not alone um uh yeah you're valued and uh you know deserve a place here and there's something for you so yeah so I I don't like the idea that um, people might walk away uh from it because i think you know you could interpret like well she doesn't do that but it's like yeah but if someone does interpret it that way and thinks like yeah that's the way i want you know it's just like i i don't love it so yeah i do want to pivot though i want to pivot to what we did like because i i think the other piece too is uh so there was some discussion in the discord today of people you know whether or not they liked it there is a pretty vocal group of people saying that they don't like this unfortunately Nick uh, Pizzolazzo, uh, who is the uh, showrunner, creator of the show for season one, has been has been uh, sharing stuff on Instagram of like the critiques of the show. I think it's unfortunate to not celebrate um, the show that he created and, and gave a platform to this, I think, very important story that mm-hmm. got told. Um, and I think that I just want to parse through this in the sense that if you didn't like the show, that is OK. If you didn't like it for a number of reasons that seemingly people on the internet seem to not like it. So if that's not you, you can like, you, this is, I'm not saying this message for you. I think people should examine why they didn't like it. You know, I think that that's yep. my feeling of the thing. I think that this is, uh, you know, uh, gets connected to this show that, uh, you know, was, was quite beloved and in, in certainly season one of this show. Um, and then it draws these comparisons and brings out a group of people who are protective of the thing that they liked. And so, again, I'm not trying to say if you didn't like this and you liked it for, diff- you know, I-, I think some of the writing was a little bit clunky. We were- we just had a big, you know, segment on the criticism of the last scene of the show. Like, all of that's very valid. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you know, essentially like, oh, gross, uh, you know, woke. Oh, it's too many women on this show. Oh, my gosh. Like the yeah. people that are like, oh, it's too cute that the indigenous women team up like a SWAT team and go take out the Salal Station. And it's like, no, I I felt like that that really worked for me. And the reason it worked for me is because it is an often unrepresented, underrepresented, invisible group of people that are so marginalized and 
they can do this because guess what? No one pays attention to them. They are actively ignored. And yeah. so like, to me, it made a lot of sense that they were able. Was it a little too cute when Liz finds like the, the missing fingers handprint? Yes. Yes. That was a little too cute, but I like the sentiment and I like the idea of like, they know what happened. They are, they, they're the often ignored like cleanup crew in this station. So yes, maybe they're, they're working a little under the radar, but they have eyes and ears and they can see and hear everything that's going on. They're well aware and they are taking action. I really enjoyed that. That was like, that was the answer to the question of who done it. Um, it really worked for me, especially when it was because we were we talked a lot, Grace, about like, oh, if it's Blair, does that work? Like, yes, she's been in the background a couple of times, but like, does it make a lot of sense? But as soon as we found out that it was this whole group of women and the them like slowly kind of filing into the room with Navarro and Danvers, I just felt like that worked so well. Putting their me. hand on Beatrice's shoulder. She's yes. telling the story like it's just like I'm here to like support you. Like, yeah, I thought it worked. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. But one thing I do want to talk about is the the tongue, right? This was a big topic of conversation of who who did the thing with the tongue, right? Why is Annie's tongue there in the first place? Was it Hank? Who was responsible for this? And this was, I, I read the article I was talking about before with Issa Lopez. And she was saying, well, there are two stories of the tongue. So the audience can pick. One is, you know, we know that Annie was killed by the by the slaw scientists. And then there is Hank, who's responsible for taking care of the body. Right. And so is he the one that mutilates the the body? You know, he we, we know she got kicked after death and all of that. Um, maybe he cuts the tongue. And the the other version is like, well, maybe the people, the women who found Annie's body took it as like an act of reverence and kindness to the body, right? They're preserving the tongue. I think regardless, to me, it makes the most sense that the tongue is more of like a supernatural sort of, right? Like she's awake, right? Like it's it's to help Danvers and Navarro link the two cases together because without the tongue, how are you linking Annie Kay's murder to the scientists, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the tongue thing, I mean, Amanda theorize so i definitely think hank takes out the tongue i think that's the best and i think they voice it to a degree in the show i i don't think you know it's funny i was the one saying last week um that uh i i did not think that the answer was going to be that it was the indigenous women who did it because i just thought i just didn't think i'd see that on the show and i think i was worried i guess to a degree of like some of the stuff that I have seen, which is people being like, so that, you know, they just get revenge on all these like men. It's like, yeah, because they freaking killed, you know, you know, I think in unison it works really well and it's logical of like they all kill and they're all complicit. All this is all men mm -hmm. are complicit in Annie's murder. The cleaning women figure it out and don't trust the police and they go and they they set they get revenge on the thing. I think it I think it works thematically. I think it's really powerful. I I you know, I'm good with it. Um, I was worried that like just HBO wouldn't do it, I think is like the thing that I was thinking and I was wrong. And I'm, I'm very glad that like, you know, I, you know, nobody listened to me, obviously it didn't get made this last <laughs> week, but like, yeah, they went for it and they did it. Um, the tongue, I think it just has to be Hank. And, you know, like, obviously again, Issa Lopez is even saying like stuff for interpretation. I mean, I, I, if like the show gives no, reason for like an indigenous like an inupiaq woman like keeping a tongue as opposed to like 
Raymond does say like, no, no, they probably took the time to send a message. And I think that that's more when you think that like Hank was hired by the mine and, and then to drop Annie off there to basically be like, do not protest the mine. Like you, you will be totally effed. You will be mm -hmm. killed. I think that that's the stronger thing. How it then gets in the research station. I do love Dr. Amanda's theory and a theory I've seen uh, thrown out since, which is that it is a spiritual sign from the yeah. dead to lead to link these two things together. One of the things I don't know how much, and and the reason I what I didn't think like I I was like I went on this thing I was like maybe Hank drop maybe Hank like drops the tongue, but the thing about that is like for both things like do either do like the dead indigenous women want the alive indigenous women to get caught for this you know if they're now connected right. like i guess maybe you're trying to you just want annie k's murder to be resolved and this is the moment you do so i don't know i'm, I'm up in the air about whether or not like the tongue there works for me there's also this moment that actually we never got into uh fully on the pod um just as a moment where danvers goes under the table and mm -hmm. she goes she goes to like it's almost looks like either like glitter or ice or something this like thing like an imprint or something yeah yeah and she goes to touch and she hits her head what do you make of that moment as like that's basically like the final i think clue we have about the tongue yeah i i viewed it because it looked so similar to the wet footprints that navarro follows earlier in the episode i viewed it as another version of like the spirits communicating with danvers and navarro as like a um like hey we see we see you right like we're awake or you know i viewed it as a thank you for like working on this case or something like that because it was all connected right especially i think it's very important that it is this episode where danvers is starting to get some of the messaging as well whereas yeah. i think we've seen a lot of it through evangeline's eyes before right she is the one who's had more of an open communication with the spirits but danvers not only has there's the tongue uh imprint or whatever you want to call it but then also the cross in her hair when she goes to lay down yeah. all of these culminating in like the whole holden scene where she actually sees holden under the ice so to me this was another version of the spirits kind of speaking to the detectives um in a way because i think yeah as much as a lot of this can be made sense of with the like yes it was the indigenous women who killed them and and clark was hidden in this hatch the whole time and blah 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 um there's a lot of spirituality still involved in the show right there's still the oranges and and what do the oranges mean and why are oranges rolling around everywhere um there's still how does evangeline know who holden is and know his voice and what he looks like in the polar bear so i think there's just so much spirituality wrapped in, up into it as well that to me it makes the most sense that it is yeah they're trying to reach out to liz in that moment okay Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Someone who is trying to reach out to Liz is Holden. And mm-hmm. Amanda and I were completely blown away when I believe I'll credit this to Anna Maria, who uh, or Marie, I'm sorry, uh, your name, jumped into the chat with us watching live after the episode and goes, so the like the Wheeler baby is Holden, right? And we were like, oh my gosh. What do you make of this, Jess? The Holden baby. I, I've looked everywhere. On, I've been like scouring the internet trying to see if anybody else has this theory and like wh- where, like if there's a timeline. Because to me, the timeline is the trickiest aspect, right? Because the Wheeler case is what leads navarro to going to be a state trooper and so i don't i don't know if we know how many years there are like in between all of this because when we see holden in flashbacks i don't know children's ages famously i'm gonna assume he's like a four-year-old i think he's like four yeah nailed it okay so that means and we know in the scene where they go to the wheeler house it's a crying baby so it probably is something like an infant or up to one or two years old, maybe. Yeah, could you still could be two and be crying like that? I think. I mean, you okay. could be older, but I think. I mean, the sound itself sounded like a baby. You know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you could probably. I, I don't think we could like. That's how old that baby is because of how they cry. I think. I think that's a tough. <laughs> like, I think it's a tough yeah. mystery to try and solve. I also wanted to see. I wanted to figure out. Uh, is there birthday candles on the cake when the when she's saying breathe and she's like, um, she is. They're blowing out the candles on the cake. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. That's a good question. But yeah, yeah it's. It's I. I oh, there's like four the candles on the cake. Oh, <gasps> four years old. I think Holden's wow. four. Yeah. And I should just, I get I should get awards for that. Anyway, um I I like the idea of it. The logistics is where I get a, I question a little bit more. Like, how is it that Liz ends up with Holden? Right. Like I I do question it. And I don't think that Holden not really looking like Liz matters all that much, considering she's a white woman and like she seemingly was with an indigenous man. So like Yeah, if like Jake and Danvers. 
if they adopt him, I think, you know, I think, it, you know, oh, you're saying like if they had, if she, if she just had, if, they ha if she had, think, him, it's, it's not, a I think it's going to look like her anyway. You know? I think the timeline is way harder when you start to be like, I, I don't know why, but I've had this five years thing. She's been here for five years and I don't know whether that's true or not. And I'd have to go back and like rewatch episode one. Yeah. Um, but I think the timeline is way harder when you think about that. She'd also have to be pregnant. It's like the adopting the baby is like shortens everything. Like the baby could be any age. She doesn't have to be pregnant like she yeah. she doesn't and it's not like she comes and then day one she's like hey jake let's have a baby <laughs> it's like you and, know. and you're right yeah. it does complicate the wheeler story even more and makes a lot more sense why they'd be so hush hush about it i love the theory yeah. my question is like is there enough there there for it to make sense for us to like for it to make any because there's no real seeding of that anywhere um but i love the idea of it and i like that it makes even more sense for them to keep the wheeler thing a secret in that case you know um but yeah the other the other question i have in terms of deaths on this finale grace that i don't know that you and dr amanda questioned or maybe it's just me questioning this mm -hmm. was it did navarro let uh raymond clark go like did she untie him Whoa. and let him run out because he ends up outside somehow but navarro never cops to doing it a great question um i think in my interpretation of it she does not actively choose to i mean he has to get untied right so right because he's exactly seems unlikely that he so i think that the piece here to uncut like to figure out is there's this conversation between them or not conversation but she asks twice did you love annie and she stares into his soul and both times he says yes he also admits to killing her so you know don't think he really loved her but i think that in my reading of this again like when you take like sort of everything in consideration evangeline is much more okay with death and i think the idea of like letting him go to walkouts i think is probably and the other piece is that i we get like full confirmation that like he was seeing annie right that's who she's awake is so i well, think i think the sh i still think that she's awake is up for interpretation right he thinks that it is annie who took out the salal station men he thinks it's like her spirit that does it but, yes. but based on the conversations with the indigenous women it sounds like they're talking about she as in mother nature the spirits they took the men I, we just made them run out naked it was mother nature who killed them yeah i mean i i, I would agree that there's like kind of two ways. i guess i'm talking about like in terms of most of the she's awake that we're getting like in the show i think come from raymond clark saying she's right, awake right. whereas i guess other than navarro who like is dreaming about it before so you could probably interpret that as being much more like about mother nature who then you know and, and beatrice saying like she could choose whether or not they, like she didn't have to kill her but she clearly wanted them she ate their what'd you say she ate their dreams from the inside out and spat them out or whatever so great yeah yeah they're like we left them some clothes they were all folded up yeah. nicely but mother nature wanted them yeah. and yeah I, I i just thought it was so fascinating that we never got confirmation that navarro let him go but it makes a lot of sense to me that she would right she doesn't kill him but she's like hey if you want to run out into the snow and kill yourself we have your story by all means go ahead and do it um so i just thought that was really interesting especially because like and then because not too long after navarro walks out into the snow as well um so i i think that she lets him go i think to a degree um i think that she knows he probably doesn't have i i think she believes him that he doesn't have anything 
left. He's given all the information mm -hmm. he has. And so she decides to let him walk out. So yeah. I think. And when I find it really interesting too, when she asks him, did you love her like multiple times? Because I think, I think he's being honest. Like I do think he loved her. Um, but I don't, I don't know that that satisfies her answer, you know, because like, yeah, he still killed her. Like, and maybe he, he, it was a more, um, you know, I'm trying to think of the word for it where, you know, you kill an animal that's already on the brink of death. You know, you're just putting it out of its misery sort of thing, uh, better than some of the other, one of the other scientists coming in and hitting her again or something, but he still played a very big part in her death. And so I think Navarro knows that. I think she's a good enough cop to like understand exactly Yes, maybe he did love her, but he also got her killed in in not so in, in many ways. So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just thought it's interesting. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what to make of like him. To, I like thematically again. I really like it. I like the idea that like Raymond also goes out and just sits and he dies and he's in the mm -hmm. the storm and that's his ending. He suffers the same fate that the rest of the Solal men does, and he's as complicit um as the rest of them uh in in doing it so i think that that works for me it's like yeah explaining how he gets out there and then not giving us an, like yeah i think an answer would have been um would have been useful i think probably so mm -hmm. yeah it just feels like there's no other possible way it had to be her unless the spirits you know i don't know yeah no i don't no i don't think but so. i don't know that they can untie rope so yeah um yeah um how do you feel about the ending of Pete Pryor and Rose, the storyline here? Pete, he's just going to have to live with this forever. The hardest part is now forever, the rest of your life. Pete, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh I mean, I think it's realistic. I don't I don't think grief is as simple as and now it's done and I will never think about it again. I agree. Um I I I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about so much grief, uh, in, you know, with succession and everything else, like yeah. uh, grieving is such a complicated process. But and this you is think they're I talking felt... about on the six feet under pod or. No, yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit, probably a oh, little bit. Okay. Um, but I think I think where I get a little frustrated is that Rose has obviously done this before. Right. She talks about, oh, I have to pierce his lungs so that he sinks. It's like. I want to know what the hell Rose has been up to and why she knows all of this. Like I thought she had some really great insight and wisdom to, to provide to Pete, but I felt like we could have gotten so much more from that character. Uh, so I don't know. I thought they wrapped up the Kayla and Pete stuff a little too cleanly. It was like, Oh, suddenly she's like, okay, let me just kiss you. And it's, everything's fine. Um, and that felt a little too cute, I guess. But I, uh, yeah, I thought the actor did a great job, especially in the scene when Leah walks in and he's cleaning up. I was like, I was like, oh no, this he's is not good. Hanging out to clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't mind. You know, part of me is there's like I want a little bit more. I do like that it's like Pete dropping Leah off is the thing. So it's like it is that kindness piece that like it's like oh, there's a little bit of you still in there. I don't know if it's like quite enough for me but it's like i get the you know i'm okay with it to a degree mm -hmm. i really love the pete and rose scene and like on one hand you know i almost feel uh, if you're a ted lasso fan i feel like rose is like coach beard and i kind of feel where josh wiggler was like i don't want to know anything about coach beard i want coach beard to be just mysterious and weird and i don't want to know his name i don't know anything about him i kind of feel that way about rose that i mean i think rose is 
primary utility in this show. It, and I, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I was, I was number one. Rose is a suspect. Yeah. Uh, you know, fan. I don't know. Detective, whatever. And I saw some comments being like, why did anybody ever think it was Rose? I was like, I think Rose is in there to be like, uh, you know, I'm not a bird watcher, but I think I spotted a red herring, Jess, you know, when, he, <laughs> when I, you know, so I, I guess the red herring is actually a fish. Is it a fish? Yeah, it's a fish. I don't know why I said a bird watcher. Whatever. It's a herring seems like it could be a bird, but it's a fish. So apologies. I think you're thinking of a heron. Yeah, she's a red heron. heron. Is a, Isn't heron that the classic is a bird. Phrase? Isn't that the classic phrase? It's a, classic it's a red phrase. It's a red heron. <laughs> um, I think that Rose is primary utility. And I, I, you know, we said, I, you know, is to be a suspect. And I said this about something earlier, and it might have been Julia's death in that I think one of the tricky things about making a murder mystery is that you actively don't give the audience all the information you you the 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 you know the the good writing of this is to withhold enough information that people feel like they could maybe figure it out if they you know figure out something and to but for most people to not have enough information to to guess correctly so rose having all of these interesting things about her um only for them to just basically be like she's like the best you know you know who are you going to call when you need to murder somebody ghost Absolutely rose oh sorry yeah. Rose Busters. <laughs> she sees ghosts. She sees ghosts. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I love it. And I love the scene. I think that the depiction of like this is will be the hardest thing. I think, especially with this, like Pete killed his dad. His dad was gonna shoot Liz. Um, my favorite grief thing I've ever heard, and apologies if people have heard me talk about this on a podcast before, is when my uncle passed away. Um, they were talking about um grief as a box. And the ball, you have a ball in the box. And mm -hmm. every time the ball hits the side of the box, that's a moment of grief. It's a say, um, you, you're rifling through stuff and you find a sweater of the person who passed away, and you're like, ah, yeah, the grief, you know, it, the ball hit the side of the box. And when they first pass away, the ball's really, really big. It's enormous in the box. So it's hitting the box all the time. And slowly mm -hmm. as you move on, the ball gets smaller and smaller. But every once in a while, it still hits the side of the box. It's bouncing around in there. And I just think like, for me, that's my like favorite, you know, and it's like, that's why it's still hard. And it's almost harder the more you get away from it. Cause it's like, I wasn't expecting to have grief today, but here it is because I like yeah. found a photo of, you know, my grandfather, you know? So it's like, yeah, the idea that like now is the hard part. Now you have to like figure out how to like right. move forward with, you know, you can be mad at him, but that's also going to be hard, you know? Because, well, that's like, the thing, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. I think the problem is if you try to look at it with logic, right? Where Pete knows he did the right thing. His dad killed an innocent man and was a bad guy, right? And he wasn't even the best father either. And so, but he's still your father and you still killed him. And that is going to be a very complicated thing to process. And like the emotions are still going to happen regardless of whether or not it was the right thing to do, especially because of the whole ice thing. I think like it's really powerful that we get like the him cutting into the ice, uh, Pete cutting into the ice kind of clipped together with his father cutting into the ice to rescue him as a kid. I thought that was like very powerful and really interesting. It's like very full circle moment. Right. Um, and it doesn't make it any easier for Pete, but I think having, having Navarro and Danvers and Rose and all those people have his back and Kayla, they seemingly they're okay now. And Leah, you know, being in his corner, I think will help him get through it. But 
it's still not going to be easy. And I thought it was really a wise thing of Rose to say that like, no, this is actually where it starts getting hard is like right now. Cause I think up until then, he's kind of just running on adrenaline, right? He's running on Navarro telling him to clean it up, get it done. And that's, he's turning off his brain. He's a uh, compartmentalizing and yeah. able to do that, but it, it's going to hit him and it's going to be a wallop when it does. Can I, what does he peel off the wall that he's like covering from Leah? I don't know. I don't know. And it was driving me. It looked like a sticker. I thought it was like a bullet hole, but like he just peels it right off the wall and it's fine. I have no idea. Okay. Do you know what's right in front of that spot when he, when that happens? What? It's it's literally pank. I think it's like, I think it's supposed to be like brain or flesh or like. Well, well, I like, yeah, like I thought maybe it was a bullet too, but like a bullet would just like stick in the wall like that. And then like, it's like, what? It, so I think, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it, I thought it looked like, like it looked like gum. And if I think about like, yeah. what's the closest thing that looks like gum that's in the human body? I think it's a piece of brain. Uh, so I don't, gross. That's kind of what I thought it was. But otherwise Pete does a really good job of cleaning the house. I will say he does an excellent job. He does. He Touché. does. Yeah. Uh, and he, I mean, he even like he gets the bodies out there all wrapped up in garbage yeah, but bags and whatnot. Were you waiting for the moment that I was waiting for where like he, we get the scene. He's like, clean the house, cleans the house, wraps up the bodies, puts them in the backseat of the truck, comes inside. Leah comes inside. Leah's like, what are you doing? Why are you cleaning? Whatever. And he's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, uh, can I take you back to kids? Like, yeah, can I drive you over? I don't want to get the And I'm like, oh my God, Pete, you have two dead bodies in the back of your I truck. thought he was going to no, he I takes, like, takes another truck seemingly takes another it also is very dangerous you know that a lot of these people driving in blizzarding conditions like very yeah, very guess, dangerous i guess that's probably liz's police truck and then they take navarro's truck to the Seoul station so like there's it was navarro truck. yeah 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 I, it, oh no yeah. it's hank's truck it's hank's truck that's the that point that makes more sense it's right hank's because they have to ditch the truck yeah the whole point is that otis's body is in hank's truck yeah that's okay. right all right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why they only like, sunk Hank's body. That also makes sense. Yeah. It's like, what do you do it? What do you do it? Yeah. Um, okay. We get this little six month flash forward thing. Uh, I, I was joking on the podcast, which you've heard, which is that, like, you know, the tongue thing. They basically, like, in some ways, try to, like, anything you're frustrated with, like, Isa Lopez could be like, but I told you, not all questions have answers. Um, I did, <laughs> yeah. like, I, uh, she has a Hawaii uh, mug, I believe, yeah. is what she's using. I like Hawaii. I always like, uh, the two uh, states on your map that are in special little boxes because I don't they're not uh, on the, this. So I always connect those two together for some weird reason, but that's just yeah. uh, probably a me thing. Um, no, but, I do that uh, too, and I live here, yeah. so yeah. Um, so yeah, this extra moment at the end where like they sort of like, you know, explain, you know, did they got their st the story? People believe their story, Samuel, to some to some degree, to most, yeah. You know, their story seems to check out. Yeah, they're being questioned, but without any other evidence or anybody speaking up, they don't really have anything to go off of. Um, I really liked, you know, when Navarro leaves, she leaves behind the polar bear and she leaves a recorded confession to yeah. the mine pollution situation, which loved seeing the mines closed down in the epilogue. I thought like that made a lot of sense and it just made me happy to know that they got a win, you know, like this town, these people who've suffered for so long with cancer and stillbirths and all these other really awful things due to the pollution, they got a win and they got that mine shut down. Um, so I really, really liked that aspect so I of it. There's a line in when she's being she's like, what are you going to do about the political unrest? Which I wish that I wish it didn't say political unrest. I wish it said something more about like the fact that like the, we do know that the mine is really important to the economy of this town. Right. And so like there are people who are going to be out of work and what are they going to do, et cetera, if like, you know, what happened? And I wish maybe there was a little bit more of a message about that, about. And I think part of that for me is that like 
um, I, um, Kevin, my day, I was talking about this one time about, I was asking him some advice on a story, uh, D and D story I was working on. And he, he, we were talking about like racism and, and racism being part of stories. He said, just don't try to fix it. And one of the things I think could have been useful in this is like, just how hard all of this stuff can be to like untangle that. Like the mind closing is unquestionably a good thing, but there are also things that will now like be not great for this community because it's so right. reliant on like this awful in like this industry that's that polluted and killed its people. So like it is a good thing and also like it's complicated, you know? Um and there is this like I think the the like what are you gonna do about the political unrest thing is fine. But then also her answer is like, eh, not my job. It's like but uh, yeah, but also like yeah, but you know, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, it, it was a little like wrapped up in a neat little bow where okay yes there's political unrest it's like okay yeah this is obviously going to have a massive impact on ennis um yeah. and they always joke it's like oh no one ever truly leaves ennis right um yeah i agree i did love that we got a tiny moment between leah and danvers in the car i thought it was very sweet especially because leah did show up for new year's right like True. Liz wants to spend New Year's with her and Leah showed up for that and then she's getting very nervous I think because Pete's bad acting uh not, not the not the actor that plays Pete I'm talking about like the character of Pete and his terrible acting when she walks in um she's very nervous about Liz like why are you out in this blizzard I hope everything's okay like stay safe please don't die it seemed like to me Grace Leah's version of I love you is please don't die um don't and die. I, I really loved that. I thought it made a lot of sense for the characters. And yeah, you could say like Leah is a character who could have had a little bit more character development. I thought that given that she's a little bit more of a secondary tertiary character uh, and we only had six episodes, I thought they did a decent enough job. Um, and I really liked that kind of final point of them going off on this like road trip together. And I thought it was really nice that we are moving six months into the future and we are now out of the darkness. We are officially in the light um, we are uh, we are basically Navarro's uh, Anupiak name <laughs> after the yeah, darkness I love it. comes the light. And I really love as much as I'm not a huge fan of how they ended Navarro's story, the final shot of them on that like deck looking out the water and seeing I how know. beautiful Alaska is once it has thawed. Not that it's not beautiful when it's not when it's frozen, but seeing how beautiful it was when it was thawed. I thought it was so breathtaking and such a beautiful image to end the series on. There's a reason people go on Alaskan cruises, you know, it's like it on is on my beautiful. bucket list. Yeah, it is beautiful. You know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree. I think that there's a series of, of people, the, the secondary characters who I think that like, one more episode on this gives us like a little bit more of ability. Cause I think that um, Leah, uh, uh, so it's mostly Danvers and Leah and then Kayla and Peter who yeah. I feel like the end to their stories uh, could be stronger. And I think a, a, um, an acknowledgement of like, this was a wild thing and, and what am I going to do moving forward to make sure that like I, you know, you know, Liz, you know, respecting that, like she, and I think she probably learns a lot from like the, like the the moment where she stands up after, like Evangeline stands up, and goes like, no, no, like we're not, you know, okay, thanks for telling your story, and then Dan saying, right. like, yeah, it's, it was an emergency weather event, like that, then leading into a moment with Leah, I think could have been really powerful because the story all season of Liz having these awful responses to like Leah's behavior, that then when you dig deeper, and I said this on the pod with Amanda that one of the things I like about both Navarro and uh, Liz's bad behavior is that they're so rooted in things that make sense for why they would do that. And it doesn't excuse racism or, mm -hmm. you know, violence, but, but you can understand why they have 
that that response like liz's urge to make sure that leah doesn't get murdered get arrested you know whatever thing could happen to her so a moment at the end i think between the uh, you know more than the car montage the car montage is lovely but like a real acknowledgement of like what liz has just taken from this community that like actually going and learning about your culture and making you know uh being with with kayla's grandmother is actually a way that will like that will protect leah too you know like obviously the women here come together and protect one another and so and the way that like the baby is born in the flashback with navarro like these are women Mm -hmm. who will look out for each other and so like one more moment of liz acknowledging that to leah i would have absolutely loved and the same thing i would have loved like something between kayla pete and dart like something there totally just like we just we just don't have time. We didn't I have think. the time. It's only six yeah. episodes. I did like uh, when we when they're on like a little when they're driving uh, Danvers and and Leah. Uh, she does have the the tattoo on her chin, the lines on oh, her chin. I didn't catch um, that. That's a which great was a very touch. small detail of like okay, all right. You know, I like that, it. It was a small thing, but I felt like it, it said a lot to me knowing the backstory of of all of that. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like, I think with a, an episode or two more, we could have developed some of these characters that got a little shortchanged uh, and maybe have made the finale not so uh, chunky. <laughs> it was like a very chock full finale that I think we could have. It could have taken two episodes. You know, you know, I am asking for stuff that I think is the stuff that worked the best, which is emotional. You know, you talked about the moment at the fire, like the emotional stuff for this episode. I think the themes, um, the impact it had, the the these like conversation pieces, relationships are like the strongest aspect mm-hmm. of the show. I know somebody on the uh, in the YouTube chat uh, on Sunday, who I didn't pull up their chat, but saying I had the sort of the same thought. I would love to know what the script looks like without a true detective element. Like, are they both? troop like are they both you yeah. know is it still like a trooper and a what a, you know uh, all of that stuff i think would be fascinating um i have a big question for you jess which is one that dr mm-hmm. man and i i don't think we figured out why twist and shout i think it's because i think it is uh, for like a meta reason and i think it's because that is a song that is usually very joyful right it is a song that everyone knows it number one Number two, it's by the Beatles. So it's like very recognizable and popular at like weddings and everyone yes, knows the song. by the Beatles. Yes, as we wrote that song. Yeah. Um, well, Paul, I didn't know you were here. On, on oh, my true detective oh, wow. Paul, wow. oh, my gosh. People better go on YouTube and watch wow. Paul join the podcast. Wait, hold on. <laughs> um, and I got to go. I got to go. I got a concert. All right, bye. Later. Back to the UK, he goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also think because it's, it's because it is such a high energy, joyful song. It makes it that much creepier and more eerie, eerier, eer- eerier. Sounds like a weird word. Well, um, yeah, you listen to it with your ears, so it's yeah. Super but it makes eerie. it creepy. Oh, <laughs> so, creepy! It makes it really, really creepy when yeah. you slow it down and you and you pace it out that way. And I think to the, I think the reason Twist and Shout, I think to me, it, the it was there to torment Danvers. I think it's a song that she probably danced and sang with Holden. And it taunts her now. And in the in the article I talked about with with Isa Lopez, th- she had a really interesting note where she says, and I, as someone, 
with anxiety. I can totally relate to this where she's just like, uh, Danvers is terrified of what will happen if she opens up to the possibility of listening, which is the thing that Navarro knows how to do from the very beginning. At the end of the story, she's incapable of denying the fact that if you listen, there are voices that want to tell you things. And that allows her to break down and cry for her loss. She talks about how, like, she doesn't even listen to music. She listens to white, white noise, noise machines. Dr. Mana caught this a few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I she talks about uh, Twist and, and Shout is a song Hold and Loved. And Rose says uh, all the time, like, or says in that episode, like, I was just making noise. I was just putting noise into the, I was doing, like, nothing yeah. meaning. Uh, stories, oral stories. I, I think the idea of seeing and hearing, right? Holden is a po like the polar bear, yep. only has one eye. Like, what are you seeing? What are you not seeing? You're you're not fully looking at everything, but, you, you know, you can. I think it's good. The other thing is, like, twist and shout. If you just read it as a horse, it's like, okay. You be you are twisted and 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 then uh -huh. and the ghosts are shouting and it's like come come like come to me you know it's like mm -hmm. it, it it can be creepy and, and there's a I think Paul's he just says yeah we wrote it as a horror song anyway so it's glad to <laughs> so glad to see it here. Right. yeah so i think Get out of your i think it yeah, makes okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I think it makes sense and it's also like as someone who is very afraid to be left in silence because I know that is when my anxiety is at its worst is when it has time and, and silence to work with. Right. It, those are when the voices creep in is when there's nothing else occupying your brain. Mm -hmm. So as someone who walks around constantly with a podcast or music or a video on while I'm doing literally anything in my life, I can understand this. Like Danvers is plagued by this, this grief and this loss that just never goes away. And the yeah. silence is when it creeps in the worst. And I think, I think she just hates Twist and Shout because it yeah. is a song that Holden loved. And I think that that taunts her, that it's it's awful for her. So Jet, you do not like silence. You don't like to have, you don't like silence? I hate silence. <laughs> hey, come on. You're ruining the bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. The bit that won't work for anybody who trims silence. Yeah, which I do. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, I bet. I know. I do too, actually. So, yeah. yeah I say um, so much time. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else, Jess, you want to talk about before I do any more Paul McCartney impression? Bad Paul McCartney impressions? <laughs> uh, no, I just want to say, like, I've really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the season of True Detective, for better or worse. I thought it was, uh, first of all, like, really interesting and so different from the other seasons simply because of the story of the missing and, and uh, murdered Indigenous women. And I really loved that aspect of it. I thought it was, like, so it's such an important story to tell. I thought the acting was really well done overall. Like I really, really enjoyed this season. Um, and for people who didn't, that's totally fine. Like you're well within your rights to not like it. I yeah. just felt like it had a very, very important message. And uh, like you and Amanda had said on the on the podcast this week, I thought it was really. I'm happy it was a True Detective series because it got that Sunday night HBO bump that it should have gotten. And critics obviously overwhelmingly love it. I just think like it is a very, it's a show with a very important message that needs to be said. And so I was really happy that it got the chance to do it, especially on a platform like HBO. Yeah, I totally agree. What is, what's next? Expats, right? Is the next HBO Sunday night show, I think is the next one. The X, is that, oh, that's, uh, uh, I don't know why that, I was thinking no, that, that was, no, I no, that, no. So what is the regime? The regime. Oh, the regime. That looks wild. That show. Yeah, I think that that's March 3rd. So nothing, I don't think they have a new show. Like Curb is obviously on right now on HBO on Sunday nights, but uh, then March yeah. 3rd will be The Regime, which I think is regime. also six episodes. We're in a little bit of a- Yeah, it's yeah. a mini series. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, no, I totally agree. I mean, you know, the other thing I keep seeing about the cruise is like, people are afraid to criticize it because like they don't want to be like seen as, as like, I criticize 
so much of the show. Like I, I do not think oh, it was yeah. a perfect show, but I think that overwhelmingly the good sticks with me. And, and I think that the, that stuff will stick with me so much more than like me being like, like uh, in like two years, I probably won't remember that. Like the way that they solved the case is like uh, Blair's, you know, fingerprint on the whole. But I also, I also will say uh, Peter shows uh, Liz that, uh, handprint that handprint earlier in the season and she kind of like ignores it and I, so i wish that that scene actually was again i'm editing the show i wish that scene was more like oh my god i'm an idiot pete showed me something and then they go to the hatch yeah. and it's like that's like we didn't ask the right question or like something like that right yeah like, that was more because it did just feel like i don't know i don't we got he said holding the hatch we better go look at the hatch it's like yeah, okay all right, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever but um no overall i really really enjoyed it i really enjoyed talking about it with you jess talking about it with amanda and seeing people's theories on uh in the youtube replies on the discord um i love these like these type of shows um and i think that yeah. this one was really effective i am super excited to see what isa lopez does next i'm excited to see what jody foster what kaylee reese does next uh finn finn beckett i believe is uh is that right is that uh is Peter. that is is pete so yeah whatever um isabel star leblanc and um Yep. Uh, is a, uh, who else did we interview? We interviewed them. Uh, There's so many people on this show. And honestly, like I said, overwhelmingly, I thought that the acting was really well done, especially from like Callie Reese, who is pretty new to acting. Yeah. Um, Isabel Sar LeBlanc and uh, there was Anna Lamb, or is that who you're talking about? Uh, who played Kayla. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all of them yeah. really, really talented and would be happy to see any of them. Kovic, uh, Joel Monfrand, yeah. I would love to see him in something. Jonah Shaw. Uh, Anna Lamb has a show. I want to, especially want to say Anna Lamb because she has a show coming out. Uh, it's a co-production between Netflix and the CBC. So you should be able to watch it on Netflix, CBC being a, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. It's a comedy set in uh, Calumet, Nunavut, which is the capital of, of Nunavut. So I'm very excited to check that out when it comes out. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm so delighted that we got to, to watch, uh, even mm -hmm. if it was just six episodes, six episodes of this show mm -hmm. yeah all right uh as i mentioned uh, mike bloom and latonia will be back later this week to chat about uh, to do the vital versus pod of the season and we'll go from there again if you want to hear more about true detective uh i don't know how much i'm i have more to say but uh let us know and and mm -hmm. ask your questions as well uh in the meantime jess what do you got going on where can people find you Oh, uh, well, you and I are still covering uh, shows every week on full spoiler recaps. We just covered Breakpoint with Ariel and uh, we're, oh my God, for better or worse, we're going to cover the Avatar live action. I'm getting more nervous as the, as the time passes and as we get closer to it, I hope it's good. Um, but we're going to cover that next week. And then beyond that, uh, over on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, we're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Felicity, two teen dramas that are just like incredible. And I'm uh, fairly unspoiled on both of them, surprisingly. Uh, so yeah. go check all of that out. You can find me at the Jess Sterling and you can find Shit 90 Shows at at Shit 90s Pod on Twitter and Instagram. My fear is that I'm going to be like, oh my God, this is so good. And then everyone comes out who loves the original thing and be like, no, that's why it's bad. This is, it's bad. It's bad. I mean, you that's know? certainly going to happen. Um, But like oh. at the very least, you'll have me there. You'll have Jake up there. We'll be able to be like, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Aaron and I are talking movies each week. Last week we did Madam Web, which is probably the worst movie we've ever watched on Pressure Recaps Theater. So I think you should absolutely nice. listen to the podcast because then that's just fun. Um. TBD on if we'll have a, an episode this week. He did get a suggestion from a very good friend of ours who was like, can we do this movie? We're like, 
uh, I think it's a pretty bad movie, but maybe. So TBD. <laughs> and if not next week, we'll be back uh, with, I think, Drive Away Dolls. I think you'd be interested in this. It has Pedro Pascal and Matt Damon. Ooh. And it's a female-centric uh, uh, thing about a, uh, these two girls who go on a road trip to get over a breakup and then run into like all the bad guys, including Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal. So I think you would love okay, it. That Jess. sounds actually incredible. Yeah, yeah. So all the bad guys are like famous men and oh and hey like, the girl from the leftovers margaret qualley is in it that's right yeah and uh yeah yeah she is yeah pedro Pascal, beanie feldstein is in it coleman domingo is in it like it's very lgbtq as well so yeah it comes out on february 23rd so this friday and then we'll probably be chatting about it at some point <gasps> and it's a comedy and it's an hour and 24 yeah. minutes Ooh, i'm getting goosebumps just thinking I, about it i know as we were as i was like thinking about what we're doing next week i was like oh this is a i think this is a jess movie yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thriller so there probably are going to be some cars because they are on a road trip oh it um, is a car movie but... it is a car movie yeah <laughs> uh i believe there's a i believe miley cyrus is in it as well so Whoa, i believe okay i believe as herself but i do not Fun. know that 100%. anyway right, theater, we're doing that um anything else i'm doing um you know big psr announcement i will let you know uh anything that any of us are doing moving forward i'll be on mm -hmm. social media at high from grace it'll be probably the best way to do it or if you're accessing the discord we'll share everything that's going on in there um and uh yeah you'll hear a lot more from us before uh everything uh winds down so yeah uh is that it jess that's it for that's this everything all right um thank you so much for listening make sure you check out mike bloom and latanya's last versus pod um, we will see you in the future until then we will be detecting it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.